Okay. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 22 of Added Time, a Games and Grabs studio podcast with me, your host Steve Watkins. And it's been a week of more World Cup drama. Quarterfinals are gone, England are out, we've had the semi-finals and we now know who the finalists are going to be. But more importantly, we are closer and closer to the return of domestic football and I just cannot wait. I can't wait to get back to the King Power Stadium, to meet up with my friends before the match, to meet up with my cousin, go to the match and take it all in. Because, you know, the World Cups are great. They are one, They are really, really enjoyable. For the most part, I have really enjoyed this World Cup. I've had a few gripes and a few groans, but I have enjoyed it. But I cannot wait for, the, for, for Leicester to, to return I mean, come 5pm Boxing Day, I'll probably be wishing it was the international break again. Um, Before that, as you know, I'm going to MK Dons, which I cannot wait for either. Going with a very, very good friend of mine. And it's going to be good. Hopefully the weather picks up because it is freezing out there. It is so cold at the minute. Minus 8 on the way to work this morning. Very cold. But I'd still go and stand in minus eight weather to watch football, I think. I think I would. I'd like to think I would. And not only that, I've also got my tickets for Forest Away on the 14th of Jan, which I cannot wait for. Been Forest before. Um, I've been to... I've technically been to two and a half games. So I went to the game where a Leicester player whose name escapes me had a heart attack, essentially, at half-time during the game. It was a League Cup game. And he had a, yeah, he had a heart attack. And the game was abandoned at half-time. So we went home, dodged the flying chairs and the fighting outside. Uh, and I went to the rematch. And that was in the rematch was uh, between... Between the game that finished at half-time and the rematch, Leicester's manager at the time, Martin Allen, was sacked. Crap manager as well. Um, He was sacked and Gary Megson came in. Ah, man. Makes you realise how far Leicester have come as a club. And he was ex-Forest. And so he wasn't in charge for that original game. And that original game, when when it was abandoned at halftime, Forest were winning 1-0. So what was decided by Leicester, against the wishes of Gary Megson, who, remember, wasn't there for the original game, Leicester gave Forest that goal back from the kickoff. They allowed, I think it was even the Forest keeper, they allowed him to go down the other end and put the ball into essentially an empty net. So the game was back at 1-0. But Leicester won. They come back. Um, Yeah. Happy times. And the other time I went was an FA Cup game. It was 0-0. I remember it really well. Uh, And then we battered them 4-0 in the replay. So let's hope my undefeated streak, uh, apart from that half a game, we don't count that, uh, let's hope my my undefeated streak at the City Ground uh, continues on the fourteenth of January. 
But before then, you know, we do still have the World Cup. The World Cup is still on. Now, my quarterfinal predictions were absolutely shocking. And this is why I don't gamble with large amounts of money. And you shouldn't listen to me. Because clearly I don't know what the yeah, I'm talking about. So, we had the Netherlands against Argentina. It was 2-2 after 90 minutes. It went to penalties and Argentina won. Now, it was it was a crazy game because Argentina looked like they were they were cruising to victory, 2-0 up. Messi made it 2-0 from the penalty spot on the 73rd minute and it looked like game over. Now, I, at the time, I sort of looked at it and said to myself, well, you know, you look at it, 90, 73rd minute even, you think to yourself, well, 17 minutes plus a bit of injury time. Well, I looked at it and thought, well, actually, you're probably looking at more like there's still about 20 minutes of this game left. Um, and then Wout Weghorst, remember him? Burnley, shocking, big tall bloke. And Louis van Gaal just went proper old school, stuck two big blokes up front and was launching the ball. It was like peak 90s Leicester when they used to send Steve Walsh up front for the last 10 minutes to try and get an equaliser. It was glorious. Weghorst scored after 83 minutes. <clears throat> and then as we went into what I think was seven minutes of injury time, we got into that seventh minute was a free kick and an unbelievably well-worked free kick landed at Weghorst's feet and he scored 2-2 90 well it was effectively 100 and 100 and uh, 101 minutes something like that yeah 101 minutes and took it into extra time and penalties but the Argentinians won on penalties uh, a lot of shenanigans in that game lots of lots of um, lots of housery I think it's uh Thanks to the Peter Crouch podcast, it's now being known as. Uh, so you had an incident where uh, Paredes booted the ball into the into the Dutch dugout. Uh, a pen went flying across the pitch at one point, um, and then there was some real. The the Dutch, I don't think everyone everyone's kind of criticising the Argentinians for the way that they were and the way that they reacted after the penalty shootout. But actually, I think you've got to look at the Dutch and what they were doing. And actually, there was a, a camera that was really high up, one of these really high these really high up cameras that they've got going on at the World Cup where you can basically see the whole pitch. And you could see the Dutch players, when the Argentinian players were walking up to take their spot kicks, the Dutch players were trying to put them off, trying to get into their get into their faces, get into their minds. So actually I've got I've got no problem with the Argentinian players, Messi aside, for 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 um, running in front of the Dutch players and giving them a bit back. Because if you're going to do that, if you can give it out, you, if you can give it out, you've got to be able to take it. Uh, so I, I've absolutely got no problem with that. You know, if I if I was giving someone a load of shit for ninety minutes in a game, and then it backfired on me. I'd expect it back. Yeah, I've I've kind of been there. Obviously, not at a World Cup quarter final, but I've been there when I've played like five aside, and I've been me and someone else have been having a little bit of needle throughout the game, and then they end up winning, and I get a bit of stick back. And you go, yeah, oh, fair enough, mate. 
I was wrong, you were right. So I got no problem with it really. Um, and actually it was the most sort of fired up I've seen Messi as well. Because I think the Dutch were just at it all all game. Uh, Van Gaal had a lot to say. Uh, Weghorst had a lot to say to Messi as well, trying to get into his get into his face. I mean, the uh, the goalkeeper was was trying to put Messi off for his penalty during the ninety minutes as well. And um, look, the cream always rises to the top, and Messi was fantastic in that game. Um, so Argentina went through to the quarterfinals, where ev- sorry to the semi-finals, where everyone expected, myself included, that they would be playing. Brazil, but Croatia beat them on penalties. Uh, this Croatian team, just unbelievable. You know, we've got an aging Luka Modric in the middle. Just a class, class player. I were, I don't know. I, I, I've, <laughs> I, I just still think he's an, an absolute magician of a player. He's just so good. And he's 37. Looks like he could go for another four years. I don't think he will. What a player. And Croatia, you know, sending Brazil out. Uh, some really poor penalties from Brazil. Uh, a lot of tears at the end of the Brazil game. You know, will Neymar play in another World Cup? He's 31, 32. He's going to be 34, 30, 35, maybe older. By the time the next World Cup comes around, so is is he going to be around? Was this his last chance to, to add that? Um... That remains to be seen. It does remain to be seen. Um, I mean, Neymar did uh, did score in that game, so he's equaled Pele's uh, goal scoring record for Brazil. I'm sure Pele will try and find a goal somewhere um, to so that he's actually now on 78 and not 77. He has a he has a habit of doing that. Does uh, does old uh, does old Olympic Pele? Um, I shouldn't say that. That's really disrespectful. The man's in hospital on end-of-life care. So I apologise for that. Shit, shouldn't have said that. Um, But yeah, Brazil were out. A shock, I would say. You know, not that Croatia are pushovers, but Croatia made the World Cup final four years ago and everyone thought that, okay, that's the end of their their golden generation and they won't progress much now. But... uh, made it into the semi-finals once again. So it was an Argentina-Croatia semi-final, which I'll come on to shortly. Uh, Morocco beat Portugal, and I absolutely love this. I loved it, not only because it's such a a good story with Morocco, the manager taking over in August, players not wanting to play and coming back coming back to, to represent the country and, and you know... The, potentially the first African side to make a World Cup semi-final against against Portugal on the backdrop of all the Ronaldo stuff. Ronaldo's last chance to really cement himself as the greatest ever, win a World Cup. And they went out and I loved it and it was glorious. And at the end of the game, we saw Ronaldo walk off the pitch, go down the tunnel. Someone tried to take a selfie with him, some, some young lad. Uh, it looked like he kicked them. I mean, to be fair... If I'd just played my last World Cup game and someone and I'd lost and someone tried to take a selfie with me, I'd probably kick him as well, to be fair. Um, but he went down the tunnel and he was, you know, caught crying. 
And um, so I'll just put off there. Mr. Garner just rang me. Doesn't normally ring me. He'll ring back if it's important. Um, so, <laughs> um, I mean, he, he was walking down the tunnel and he was crying. And you've seen all these things like, oh, it's so sad to see. I think it's great. I'm not going. I'm not going to lie. I think it's absolutely great. So that's it. That's it for uh, you know. I th- I, you've got to assume that this is it now for Ronaldo in terms of his ambitions of winning a World Cup. He he is apparently well. He has come out actually in the last few days and said he is still going to be available for Portugal. Uh, I, I said it about Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey, and. I actually think that the manager should put these sorts of players into retirement because, and I'm not just saying that because I'm I'm not you know I'm not trying to be like anti Ronaldo here, but Portugal were a far better team when he wasn't playing, much like United. And I think Ronaldo's got to realise this. You know, when you look at the difference between. Portugal and how much better they are without Ronaldo and when you look at Argentina and how they want to win it for Messi they want to do it for him you can tell you know he loses the ball on the rare occasion three or four players are chasing that ball down as if to say no you you don't need to chase the ball down we will chase the ball down for you and we'll get it back and we'll give you the ball back Um, so I don't know what happens now with Ronaldo. Um, but I, I thought it was quite poor from him that he didn't go and console his uh, the rest of the players. You know, as the senior member of the team, one of the best that we've ever seen, a captain, even if he was on the bench, you know, a leader, he should have been consoling them players. Some of those players were absolutely gutted after that game, after they'd lost. Uh, because Port- Portugal would have seen Morocco as... You know, without disrespect, disrespecting Morocco, um, they would have seen Morocco as a as a really good opportunity to get to a semi final of a World Cup, and then who knows after that? So, I predicted that Netherlands would win on penalties. I was wrong. I predicted Brazil would go through. I was wrong. I said that Portugal would win quite easily. Now, England France, I didn't give a prediction really because I was too worried about it. So let's talk about England who unfortunately lost 2 1. Um for what it's worth, and I'm not gonna go way, way into detail about the performance because it's been nearly a week now uh since since it happened and what's been said has been said and what has happened has happened and nothing can change now. My opinion, England were the better team. Kyle Walker did a great job on Mbappe. I thought Saka was was fantastic. Um, But the one thing that they didn't do was stop Griezmann. The cross for the second goal uh, uh, that Giroud scored, the cross from Griezmann was fantastic. We didn't get out to him quick enough. Um... My biggest criticism, and I'm not trying to jump onto the anti-Gareth Southgate bandwagon, my biggest criticism, again, has to be that Southgate was too late with the substitutions. Way too late. 81st minute, 
and he takes off Saka, who was by far our, our best and most dangerous player. He won the first penalty, which Kane scored. As we know, he's now equaled Wayne Rooney's England record for uh, goal scoring record. And as we know, Kane had an opportunity a bit later on to break that record, make it 2 2, potentially send it into extra time. Uh, but he missed. And I, I, like I say, I've, I just think Southgate didn't react quick enough when it came to the substitutions. Yes, Mason Mount won the penalty, but he's not the attacking player that I think we needed at that time. I think it was right to bring Foden off. He didn't really, uh, he didn't have his best game. Um, we didn't see Grealish until the last minute, uh, and that was only because John Stones got injured. And when you've got Grealish. And I'm going to say it, and this isn't me being Leicester bias. Madison, uh, Trent, on that pitch, creative players. That's what we needed. We didn't need Mason Mount to come on and be like, oh, but doesn't he press well? Doesn't he? Fuck that. We need a goal. We need a goal. And we're going into 30 minutes of extra time, potentially. If you know, if Harry, if, if we can get a goal, we can then go into extra time. Maybe even win it in 90 minutes. Um... But it didn't happen, and England go out at the quarter-final stage, and there is a lot of talk about Gareth Southgate. Before I talk about Southgate and the future of, of him, I just want to say, anyone that thinks that Kane shouldn't have taken that second penalty is is a clown. If there is one person in that team that you want taking a penalty, it's Harry Kane. I don't care if he's taken one, two, three, or four already. Like, how many times have we seen it where a player has scored a penalty in ninety minutes and then they have to take a spot kick? No one says, "Oh, they shouldn't take they shouldn't take a penalty in the shootout because they've already taken one during the game." Nonsense. And all this stuff about yeah, but it was against his mate, you know, Loris. They played. So what? So what? He's overthought it, and I don't think the I don't think the delay between the foul, the penalty, uh, the, the foul, and VAR looking at it. I don't think that helped. It was far too long. And and as for that referee, holy shit, he was awful. What an absolutely shocking referee. I don't think it's been announced yet, but there is talk that he is going to referee the final. Um, oh, jeez. He could ruin what could potentially be an absolutely incredible final because he was terrible. Uh, Harry Maguire came out and said, the words to that effect, and I imagine he'll get in trouble for it. But um, look, but what's what's done is done in England. Lost, unfortunately, and we lost to the to the world champions, current world champions, who have since, as we know, made the final. So Southgate is apparently going to be making the decision on whether he goes or not. It looks like the FA wants to keep him. He signed a new contract recently that takes him to past uh, the past Euro twenty twenty four. I do have my criticisms of Southgate um, when it comes to making the big decisions in the big games. And my biggest thing that... or What what, what am I trying to say here? The one thing for me is 
what who replaces Southgate is what I'm trying to say. Um, now, you've got a lot of people coming out saying it has to be an English manager. Does it have to be an English manager? Really? I mean, the Lionesses have got a Dutch manager. The Dutch won the women's Euros. The English FA thought that's who we need. They went and got her. England win the women's Euros. Are you telling? Are you telling me that you know we like we shouldn't go for the best just because they're not English or or even or even British? Um, if if people want to go that far, it shouldn't be a case of that. It has to be a an English manager. I get it. I get the sentiment behind it. I get that people that an English manager understands. Um, potentially what it's like to play for England I mean obviously Southgate did um, and they know the culture the player the expectations all of this sort of stuff um, the names that are being banded around Brendan Rodgers okay not English he's Northern Irish Brendan Rodgers I think he's and I'm, I, I think he's too young to be going into international management for me um, but we'll see uh, Thomas Tuchel a lot of people won't like that because he's German and I don't think he's a great man manager which I think Southgate is if you think about what 2016 Hodgson leaves England are in England are in a me- are in turmoil. They're in a mess. Southgate's come in and brought in cohesion. He's brought in a club mentality. He's he's made think you know players just talk glowingly about him and genuinely now players look forward to going on international breaks. You know you I've, you've heard all the stories about the likes of Capello being too strict being almost too Italian for the English national team. You know, I don't know whether Tuchel works. Poch, again, I don't think he's ready for international management. And then there's talk about Gerard. Now, Gerard gets it as an ex-England player. He gets what it's like to be in that spotlight. He was part of the golden generation. He's not got enough on his CV for me. Now, I know that, obviously, Southgate didn't have a huge amount on his CV, but he came through that England, that path, that what they call the, the pathway at St. George's Park. Um, I genuinely think, and I've got my reasons for this, you're probably likely to see your next England manager is going to be someone like Steve Cooper. Now, hear me out on this. Not English, for a start, he's, he's Welsh, but he has been very much part of that pathway that I talked about. He was the England under-17 manager when they won the World Cup and they had players like Conor Gallagher, Smith-Rowe, Foden, Sancho, Gibbs-White, who he's now got at Forest. Uh, Some of those players are obviously in the senior team. Some of them aren't, you know. Some of those players from the under-17 World Cup are now playing non-league football, but that's just, I guess, the nature of football. Um... It wouldn't surprise me if someone like Steve Cooper got the job. You know, if if Southgate announced tomorrow that he was leaving and the FA approached Steve Cooper, he would, I think he would leave Forest. 
even though he's just signed a new contract. Um, I don't, you know, Graham Potter, he's not going to be available. He's just gone to Chelsea. And I don't think Eddie Howe is interested in, in leaving Newcastle just yet. So, um, I'm still really undecided as to whether Southgate should stay or go. Um, you know, uh, people are saying, and I've said it myself, that the Euros is only 18 months away. But 18 months is a long time in football. So much can happen. Um, you know, you, you look at, you know, some, some players that we look at now could go completely off the boil. Could have a Deli Alley situation. Um, so, who you know, who knows what can happen in the next 18 months. Do we just need some some fresh eyes in there, someone that isn't afraid to make big decisions in big games? That's that's that would be my only thing. Um, for what it's worth, uh, we could be in a weird situation where, um, so let's just say they go for Brendan Rodgers, for example, and he goes. They'd have to pay a nice, healthy uh, wedge of money to Leicester to get him out for a start. Um, part of the reason why he wasn't sacked really earlier on in the season. We could be in a situation where um, uh, Leicester's football and rugby team have both been had their managers poached by the national team, which would be strange, wouldn't it? Um, Leicester Tigers manager is heavily linked with the England rugby job. But this isn't a rugby podcast. Let's stop talking about egg chasing. So look, I don't know. I, I, I don't know who would replace Southgate. I don't know who I would want to replace Southgate. You know, a lot of people go, get him out. He's this, he's that, he's the other. You've got to have the right man to replace him. And it's the same with any manager. Saying it about Brendan Rodgers earlier on in the season. A lot of Leicester fans wanted him out. I once said on this podcast, piss off out my football club. But who was realistically out there to replace him? Unless you could get some sort of miracle and get and get Poch or someone like that. But even then, well, I don't know. But anyway, um, let's talk about the semi-finals very quickly then. So, um, Argentina-Croatia, the messy show. Uh, unbelievable from, from who, for me, no doubt, I thought it before this World Cup. And it amazes me that it's taken for this World Cup and these last couple of performances for people to go... Oh, you know what? Messi probably is the best ever. It's probably been heightened by the fact that Ronaldo's been a bit of an arse for the last couple of months. Um, you know, currently without a club. Isn't going to win this year's World Cup. And Messi might not win the World Cup. Um, you know, there's there's always going to be that debate. And, and even now, there are still going to be people out there that think, you know, Ronaldo is better than Messi and Messi is better than Ronaldo and he's the GOAT and no, he's the GOAT and all this sort of thing. For me, Messi has always been the better footballer. And, you know, okay, I hear the argument about, yeah, but Ronaldo did it in all these different leagues. Look, would you leave Barcelona when they were the greatest team on the planet when Pep was there? I cer- You know, I certainly wouldn't. Can you blame him for leaving? And got to remember, back then, the only clubs that could afford the likes of Messi were probably Real Madrid. And he certainly wasn't going to go there. You know, it's not like now where you've got PSG are loaded and Man City are loaded. And, you know, 
I know Chelsea could have probably got him way back in the day, but that was never going to happen. So Messi's always been the better footballer. Technically, you know, it's it's a he's got it's a god's gift that he has got. Um, where Ronaldo deserves the credit is because he perhaps hasn't got that god's gift. There is obviously some natural ability in there. But the guy, you know, with with Ronaldo, where where the appreciation from me comes from is the fact that, you know, he's got to this age, still playing at the very top, in incredible shape, an unbelievable goal scorer, maximised his potential, maximised his ability to be at the very top and be be one of the top two, three players to have ever played the game. Uh, so, yeah. Um, for me, whether whether Argentina win this World Cup or not, I don't think Messi needs a World Cup to be classed as the greatest footballer ever. Uh, but it will certainly help if 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 they do win it. So, um, I mean, he he made an absolute mug of uh, Gvardiol, uh, the twenty year old centre back for Croatia, who's been brilliant. And I saw a great tweet that said Lionel Messi has already destroyed this generation's best centre back or the next generation of best centre-backs. And he did. He was outstanding again. Uh, he really is a magician, a special player. Uh, and we are, as, as you know, if you're as passionately into football as I am, and I include Ronaldo in this as well, and a few other players, we're so lucky that these, these two players have played in our generation that we could see them play uh, on, a, on a weekly basis if we wanted to. So Argentina, you know, they, they took Croatia apart, really, uh, eventually. Julian Alvarez, the Man City player, he looks on absolute form. And the thought of him and Haaland going into the second half of the season. I mean, I know Arsenal are top, but bloody hell. Um, so Argentina make their way to the final. And then it was a game too far for Morocco and... Um, France did turn out 2-0 winners last night booking their place in the final so uh, they're the first team for um, 20 years I think it is to do back-to-back finals um, they've reached four finals in the last seven World Cups so that's crazy isn't it it's a crazy start and England can't even get to a bloody final uh, I thought Morocco were great second half and their guy that wears the number eight shirt whose name I forget, uh, he is he looks like, I mean, he looks like uh, he could take his pick of, of, of clubs at the moment. Fantastic, great player, really good. But, you know, Morocco have got a lot to be proud of and actually, we, you know, we've got, a, we've got a, a third place playoff on Saturday, a game that most people... Don't care about, but for these two nations, Croatia and Morocco, this is going to be a really big occasion. You know, they're going to want to come away with that third place place. Um, I mean, personally, I don't think that game should be played. You know, we're in the middle of a season. We're in the middle of a season to send the players back as soon as as soon as possible. But you know, it kind of it is what it is. So Sunday we have Argentina versus France. Um, I don't want France to win it. They knocked England out. Um, and I want Argentina to win it. I want to see Lionel Messi lift the World Cup. 
uh, if I'm being honest. I don't know. I, I, I was talking about it earlier with some people at work and, you know, the French players can definitely get at Argentina's defence. Um, but similarly, I think I think the Argentinian players can, you know, I, I, I watched that second half yesterday, the France-Morocco, and they didn't look like World Cup winners to me in that game. Um, and you can only, I guess, you can only be judged on your last performance. Yes, they won, but um, I am going to stick my neck on the line and say a Argentina win. And for what it's worth, I would have gone with Argentina and France to win the semi-finals, but you'll never know that because I didn't record or didn't predict. So there we go. Right. So that's the World Cup. Um, by the t- next time I record, the, the the final will be well and truly done. We will either have, um, well, we won't have new champions because both of these countries have won it before. But we will have. Um, what am I trying to say? A third time winner. Whoever wins is going to be the third time winner. There you go. Get your words out, Steve. Jesus Christ. Um, okay. Oh, been yabbering on for way too long. So, we get Sunday out of the way and it is back. Domestic football, we have League Cup action next week. And then, Boxing Day, the Premier League is back. I will do another episode before then. I'll record next Tuesday, just before, uh, next Thursday even. Tuesday I'm out. Next Thursday, uh, episode will be out on a Friday, and I will go through my predictions for the Boxing Day games. Now, just a little bit of Premier League related news, just while we, you know, as we prepare for the Prem to come back. Uh, Chelsea played a friendly uh, last week against against Villa, and Armando Brozier uh, ruptured or snapped or whatever his ACL and it has put him out for the season now um, Chelsea were a little bit light up top as it was anyway Lukaku is on loan into Milan Werner left you know Havertz for me isn't a striker Um, so is there a possibility that Ronaldo goes to Chelsea it was talked about in the summer. Apparently, it was one of the first things that Tuchel and Ted Bowley butted heads over. Bowley is now gone. Um, if I was a Chelsea fan, I wouldn't want him anywhere near. Anywhere near. I mean, Aubameyang is there, but I've always thought Aubameyang was better off the left. He's only got three goals this season. So they, they do need that central striker, especially with Brozier now being, being out for the season. Look, Ronaldo is available. He's a free agent. Chelsea could pay his wages, absolutely, even if it was just for six months. Um, I personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be going for, uh, wouldn't be going for Ronaldo. The only thing that you buy Ronaldo for now is shirt sales. That is it. I'm not saying that he is finished in the Premier League. But for me, he clearly can't do it at a top four club. Maybe even a top six. 
So I'm interested. I mean, you've got your guy at, uh, at, um, at Juventus. I mean, uh, Vlahovic, is that how you say it? Oh, I don't bloody know. I know who I mean. The one they got from Fiorentina. Um, there's been talk of him going uh, p- potentially to Chelsea. Who knows? They'll probably go and get Morata back or something stupid like that. So that remains to be seen. But that, that's really sad for Broya. Um, you know, he's young enough to recover and come back from this. But uh, yeah, out for the season, which is a which is a real shame. Um, and then Bournemouth have been taken over. Uh, 150 million takeover was done and dusted this week. Uh, American owners, so they are the eighth American owners in the Premier League. And um, yeah, it seems like they're going to be really hands-on, these owners. They're going to um, invest into the playing side in January. They're going to invest in the training ground. They're going to invest either in the stadium or look to build a new stadium. Uh, so yeah, they're going to be putting money in. They're not just going to sit there and take the money. Um, and one of the owners of the, what well, one of the members of the consortium that has bought them is uh, actor Michael B. Jordan, uh, famous for Black Panther and the Creed films. So it's pretty cool. Bit of Hollywood dazzle coming to the Premier League. Um, we're still no further as to knowing what what's going to happen at United in terms of the takeover. Uh, and same with Liverpool as well. That's all gone. That's all gone very, very quiet, as well. So, I think that's it from me. Uh, I've waffled enough. I've ranted enough uh, for one week. So, that's it from me. Uh, don't forget to check out the Games and Grats podcast, which was recorded this week for the first time in absolutely months. And a great episode. Uh, loads of loads of good chat on there, good laugh, really funny. Uh, Sunny outed me on there for being a, a really crap gamer, which is fine because I didn't know how to start a game once. <laughs> Gee, this is so embarrassing. Um, so yeah, go check out Games and Graps, and don't forget to check out the Clubhouse, which will be back soon, I imagine. And also, don't forget to check out Finn Steele over on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash the Finn Steele. He's absolutely killing it with these streams. And because he streams at silly o'clock at night, he picks up the American audiences, which is great. Growing the brand. Getting us out there. We're going global, baby. Uh, I'm losing my mind. That's what's happening. Got tomorrow off work, which is good. And then it's nearly Christmas. Isn't that wonderful? That's it from me. Thank you very much for listening. I'll speak to you next time. Goodbye.